Is there enough in that battery for like half an hour? Hopefully, yeah. Just do half an hour. Yeah, I'll try. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, 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 وجاءت رسل ربنا بالحق وصدق المرسلون وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا وحبيبنا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعصي الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له ومن يعتصم بالله فقد هدي إلى صراط مستقيم أما بعد Dear committed Muslims, brothers and sisters Speaking the truth and the facts sometimes is not an easy thing to do. Listening to it is also sometimes quite difficult. Muslims have been back and forth, up and down, trying to find answers to very serious concerns. For those who are familiar with the the Islamic literature, at the end of the day, a person says to himself, between him or her and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, O Allah, the only most confident reference that I have is your book and your prophet. Your book is here, it's available. I can read it. Your prophet, there are many mirrors that reflect different information about him. We will try our best to give in the short time on a cold day like this, to give a feeling for what this all means. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ما فرطنا في الكتاب من شيء The easy way to translate that is, we didn't leave anything out of the revealed book. The Quran. We haven't left anything out. In another ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Bilhaqi anzalnahu wa bilhaqi nazal. According to Al Haqq, we have granted this Quran. And according to Al-Haqq, this Qur'an has been granted, has been 
revealed from on high. There are other ayat in the Quran that speak to us about the factual nature of this book. No dispute about it. There are disputes and arguments about many other things, but this Quran, there's no argument about it. There are arguments about how to understand it, but about it itself, there's none. There's a uh, statement attributed to Ibn Mas'ud in which he says, whoever wants to understand the information of generations that have passed and the information of those to come, in his words, you have to stimulate the Qur'an. In another ayah, Allah Jalla wa'ala says on behalf of his Prophet, إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا My people have abandoned this Qur'an. There are incidents in our history that that generation presented us with, but we, because of our lack of confidence in our relationship with Allah and the Qur'an, we just don't want to consider. That's a deficiency in us. Let me try to make this a little more understandable. If you hear the words of the Qur'an, when was it that you told yourself, I am listening to Allah? This observation, you are listening to Allah. Many times in our human weakness, we are listening to the person who's reciting the Qur'an. We're listening to Abdul Basit or Al-Minshawi or Mustafa Ismail. He's well-known reciters of the Qur'an. But the distance between us and the Qur'an doesn't make us feel like I'm actually listening to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in our pursuit, let us learn from those who listened to Allah, who heard Allah and listened to Him. And here's where we go back to that generation, uh, to the Prophet and his generation. The ayah in the Qur'an says, وَإِنْ اِخْتَلَفْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَإِلَى الرَّسُولِ If you have a difference between yourselves concerning some matter, then you refer it to Allah and to the Messenger. Okay, we all 
here are together. What happened in our own history with our own prophet that goes to show us, if we learn from our history and from ourselves, we take one incident. During the time of Al-Hudaybiyah, that major agreement between the committed Muslims led by Allah's Prophet and the Mushriks. When they came to write that agreement known as Sulh Al-Hudaybiyah, the Prophet said, write, begin by writing. There was a person writing there. I, If I, my memory is correct, his name was Suhail ibn Amr. He's, the, the, the person writing was a mushrik. The Prophet said to him, begin this agreement by writing Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Now the Muslims are there and the mushriks are there. This wasn't done in a closed room. And the mushrik writer, scribe, said, no, this is not what, this is not the way we begin our correspondence or our documents. And we begin it by saying, Bismik Allahum. This was prior to Islam. This is the way the Arabians began when they spoke or began a speech or a document. They would say, Bismik Allahum. So what did the Prophet do? He said, I'm the Prophet of Allah. The, the mushriks contest that statement. So he said, okay, go ahead, right? Bismik Allahum. Was the Prophet conceding something? Was he delegitimizing himself? Was he in an inferior position to the mushriks when he accepted this? This is a detail in history, I think, given the facts of today's world that we should be very aware of. And then the Prophet, as they began to write, when it came to him, said, he said to the scribe, write, Muhammad Rasulullah. The person objected. That's the truth. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And this person is objecting to the truth. Why did the Prophet agree to the objection of a mushrik to the truth? Because the other person, the mushrik said, no, 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 I'm not going to write that. I'm going to write Muhammad ibn Abdullah. Instead of saying Muhammadun Rasulullah, he said Muhammad ibn Abdullah. Does this information, is this information alive in today's individuals, in today's Muslim mind? Okay. We make a transition from Allah's Prophet 
to Al-Imam Ali. May Allah's peace and blessings be upon them. When there were about, according to some sources, 8,000 individuals who broke away from his camp at Safin because he agreed to a certain reconciliation effort. He went to them and spoke to them. What did they say about him? About the Imam? They said to him, "In salakta min qamisin albasakahullah, you have shed a garment that Allah has given you. Wa ismin samaka bihillah, and you have broken away from a name or a designation or a title that Allah has given you." ثُمَّنْ طَلَقْتْ These are, I'm quoting their words. ثُمَّنْ طَلَقْتْ فَحَكَّمْتَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ Then you went your own way and you agreed to an arbitration in the deen of Allah. فَلَا حُكْمَ إِلَّا لِلَّهِ There is no governance except Allah's. The same thing that happened to the Prophet with the Mushriks at Hudaybiyah happened to Al Imam Ali with the Muslims in his own on his own side of the issue. Did that delegitimize him? Did that take away from what did he do? This is what he did. You know, it, this has gone, it no longer exists in Islamic society. When you call a public meeting, a person says the adhan in the masjid and there's a public meeting, everyone comes. That's a type of sunnah that has died. Anyways, a public meeting was called, the Muslims came, the Muslims who were objecting to what he did vis-a-vis Muawiyah. And the uh, the surroundings of the masjid were full of people in the thousands. This was in a place near Al-Kufa in southern Iraq. So the Imam said, brought what is called at that time Mus'haf Imam. A Mus'haf that had all the surahs together. He brought it, he put it in front of everyone who was there, those who were opposed to him. And imagine, up or think, up until now, when the tension was running high, there was no feeling that I'm not going to deal with the other Muslim, I'm not going to be with the other Muslim, I'm not going to speak to the other Muslim, didn't exist. So when they brought this big... Uh, Mus'haf and placed it in front of every everyone. The Imam put his hand on the Mus'haf and began to rub his hand on the Mus'haf. And he said to it, Hadith speak to the people. The people are watching and listening. And they're looking at this 
And they said, what's all of this about? This is ink on paper. This thing can't talk. Remember, these are the people who are saying to an imam that you have arbitrated and that there's no arbitration. The judgment belongs to Allah. So to be kind with them, instead of saying, Oh Allah, speak to these people, as was the case with Bani Israel, they wanted Allah to do everything. He gave them this example of placing the Mus'haf in front of them, saying, okay, speak to them, address them, tell them what they want to know. And then the Imam told them, in this Qur'an, he quoted the ayah. فَإِنْ خِفْتُمْ شِقَاقَ بَيْنِهِمَا فَابْعَثُوا حَكَمًا مِنْ أَهْلِهِ وَحَكَمًا مِنْ أَهْلِهَا إِنْ يُرِيدَا إِصْلَاحًا يُوَفِّقِ اللَّهُ بَيْنَهُمَا This is an ayah that has to do with a husband and wife when they are on a course of divorce. It says, the ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, فَابْعَثُوا حَكَمًا مِنْ أَهْلِهِ وَحَكَمًا مِنْ أَهْلِهَا you send an arbiter from his side and an arbiter from her side. And this has to do with a division between husband and wife. He told them the hurma, the sanctity of the Muslim ummah is more serious than the sanctity of the relationship between husband and wife. Meaning if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you if there's a difference between husband and wife, you bring an arbiter from here and an arbiter from there to solve the issues, if they can solve them. So understanding that ayah and understanding that there's a political and military divorce among the Muslims in process, he's following the instructions of the ayah, an arbiter from this side and an arbiter from that side. Why are you upset? Because someone is following Allah's instructions. After that, after listening to this, they said to themselves, you're right. And 4,000 of those who were present rejoined the Imam in his efforts. Now I'm not trying to here to uh, give you some information about a historical fact. I'm trying to bring to your attention why we don't have the level and the understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they had. Whether it is the Prophet, whether it, whether it is the Imam, or whether it is some other decision maker who's trying to listen to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in what he is saying.
in the world that we are in today, we have to listen to Allah. I know some people have language issues. Okay, if you have a language issue, go to someone. If if you don't have enough motivation to try to make up for that type of deficiency, go to someone who knows a little better that you trust and have confidence in and who can listen to Allah without an intermediary. It's not hard. No one's asking something impossible. And remember Allah says, وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكًا وَنَحْشُرُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَعْمَى قَالَ رَبِّ لِمَا حَشَرْتَنِي أَعْمَى وَقَدْ كُنْتُ بَصِيرًا قَالَ كَذَلِكَ أَتَتْكَ آيَاتُنَا فَنَسِيتَهَا وَكَذَلِكَ الْيَوْمَ تُنْسَى The meaning of this ayah is something like this. Whoever turns the other way from the illustrations of my authority and power shall live a miserable life. مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكًا وَنَحْشُرُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَعْمَى On the day of resurrection, we will gather him in a state of blindness. He will ask, O my sustainer, why have you gathered me here when I'm blind? And before now, I used to see. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers him, it is in such a manner that my ayat came to you and you were oblivious of it. You were not mindful of what I'm saying. So now I'm not mindful of you. I'm oblivious of you. The, the ayah is much more courteous. It doesn't say I am oblivious to you. It says you're forgotten now. And being forgotten by Allah is just like a blind person who can't see, even though he has eyes to see with. وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكًا وَنَحْشُرُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَعْمَى قَالَ رَبِّي لِمَا حَشَرْتَنِي أَعْمَى وَقَدْ كُنْتُ بَصِيرًا قَالَ كَذَلِكَ أَتَتْكَ آيَاتُنَا فَنَسِيتَهَا وَكَذَلِكَ الْيَوْمَ تُنْسَى أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ادعوه سبحانه وأنتم على يقين بالإجابة وتوبوا إلى الله إن الله تواب رحيم الحمد لله الذي هدى وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا المصطفى وعلى آله وصحبه أولي النهى وأولي التقى Dear brothers and sisters 
On a thankful day and a thankful week like this, when we are speaking about the issues that we need answers to, and these answers cannot come from any Joe Blow as it was, when we look at what is happening around us and to us, and we find out just a cursory observation we find out that we fail to address the pain that we are suffering from we want to look for answers everywhere and anywhere but the answers that come from Allah we are sort of not very interested What we want from Allah is to soothe our traditional practices. We have inherited traditions and customs that have become, as far as the real issues around us, irrelevant. Issues that I'm going to go through very quickly right now demand answers the answers are there except we have not given the given ourselves the effort to connect with these answers the colonizers of Al-Quds and Palestine have, it is reported, have given the go-ahead for the expansion of the American embassy in Al-Quds, Jerusalem. You would think Muslims, if they are living in the real world and understanding and listening to Allah, Jalla Sha'nu, the least they could do is put up a sign in front of their masajid in the west or wherever they are we support self-determination for the Palestinian people you ride around you see in front of the synagogues we support Israel okay that's fine that's what they believe and that's what they want and that's what they're working for they're on a they're on a confrontational course with with the future and with al-haq but we can't stand up what is that going to take what is that going to cost if you put a sign in front of the masjid saying we support self-determination for the palestinian people what did you are you saying something wrong you can't put something like that up why can't we do something like that ask yourself why can't we do something like that? There's an inability there. Think about what that inability is. This immature ruler in the Arabian Peninsula, Ibn Salman, MBS, he purchased 
a newspaper called Al-Hayat. That's a newspaper that's considered something like the Washington Post in the world of Arabic newspapers. Because it was failing. It has a debt of $37 million. Its employees have not been paid for the last four months. Some of them are on strike. And he moves in and he buys that newspaper. He needs another mouthpiece to keep on trying to cover up for the crimes that are going to be committed in the not so distant future. And then we are told that the President of the United States, Mr. Trump, is going to meet with MBS in Argentina at the end of this month when the 20 most developed states meet. We're not supposed to think about this? All of these, where does this We didn't leave out of the Qur'an anything. But why do we leave these types of developments out of our mind? Amnesty International. The khutbah on Friday is trying to relate information from Amnesty International that says the detainees in Saudi Arabia are being subjected to torture and sexual harassment. If we are Muslims and this is happening in the land of the Prophet, in the land of the Qibla and the Kaaba, in the land of Islam, we're not supposed to think about why this is happening? Remain silent about this? Now there is agitation within the royal ruling family in Saudi Arabia. Many members there are saying, this 33-year-old dictator has gone too far. The dictator's uncle, meaning the king's brother, he's number 30 in the 31 sons that Abdul Aziz had, who returned from exile from Europe they're trying to set him up to become the next king in that kingdom why don't we why does Ahmed ibn Abdul Aziz why does anyone know anything about him why does information go around in the Muslim mind a Muslim mind that's supposed to be cultured and oriented by Allah and His Prophet. Then we had the visit of the Zionist war criminal, who is the Prime Minister. He went to Oman. And everyone knows about that. But I don't think many people know that Oman opened its airspace for the airplanes Israeli airplanes to fly over Oman on their way to India it's another concession that has no basis it's another stab in the back of the Palestinians the Arabs and the Muslims in Saudi Arabia women 
are protesting why they have to wear their black abaa. How is that protest? They're turning their abaas inside out and wearing them in protest. Why should Muslim women be protesting? If we have information from Allah and His Prophet, we ask, why are you doing this? No, many of these people who ascend the minbar on Friday, they don't want to mention an issue like this. Why? It's, it's a fact. No one is, you know, making up things. And then Lieberman, the war minister who just resigned in the colony of Israel, he says, if we're not going to deal something like this, if we're not going to deal with Hamas, in one year, Hamas is going to become like Hezbollah. It's another one of the, the pieces of information that, oh, why, can, why do you say something like this on Friday in a khutbah? Because Friday is meant for the taqwa of Allah. We guard and protect ourselves against Allah's authority and power for justice. Kuwait expelled an Israeli activist. What was an Israeli activist doing in Kuwait? 18 hours after he landed, he was told, leave. And this Israeli activist is reported to have gone to such places as Jordan and Iran and other places. Of course, he's traveling on an American passport. Which should tell us some people are giving visas without doing their homework. And they, they, they give hard time to people who deserve a visa and say, no, you're not very much uh, desired here. Trump says, if it wasn't for Saudi Arabia, Israel would, would be in serious trouble or something to that effect. What does that tell you about Saudi Arabia? And then he thanks Saudi Arabia for bringing down the prices of oil. What is it now? $57 and a few more cents for a barrel. And he said it should go lower than that. And the Saudis who have no taqwa for Allah, they have taqwa for Trump. The Saudis are taqwa for Trump. Yeah, they'll bring down the oil prices. Not knowing that they're setting the Muslims up for a reaction to these types of policies. We're going to regret it and they are going to regret, everyone's going to regret these types of policies. Whether you're, it's a, you're a consumer or whether you're a producer. Because it's not fair. It's not just. Now in a khutbah on Friday, I'm going to quote U.S. Senators. Yes, I'm going to quote U.S. Senators what they said. 
Senator Lindsey Graham said, Mohammed, he meant MBS, Mohammed bin Salman, Mohammed is, quote, crazy. This is not an imam speaking. It's not an activist, a revolutionary, a radical. It's Lindsey Graham, a Republican in the U.S. Senate, and a senior one for that matter. And then he goes on to say, it's not too much to ask an ally not to butcher a guy in a consulate. Senators say what Muslims dare not say. Bob Corker, another influential senator on a foreign relations committee, he says, I never thought I'd see the day a White House would moonlight as a public relations firm for the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. This is not Muhammad al-Asi speaking, it's a senator. Rand Paul, another senator, all of these are Republicans. Let's put America first, not Saudi Arabia first. And then the Washington Post. This is on a khutbah, in a khutbah on Friday. The Washington Post said, a world, this, this is a comment on Trump's statements when he more or less whitewashed the criminality of MBS. It says, we are looking at a world where dictators know they can murder their critics and suffer no consequences. A French newspaper, look, this information is out there. But Muslims are not supposed to bring this information under the scope of their Quranic mind and their prophetic personality. No, you're not allowed to do that. Le Figaro, a French newspaper, Saudi Ara said Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, and Bahrain have purchased spy instruments to spy on their own citizens from Israel. This MBS went to United Arab Emirates yesterday or the day before and he's going to swing by Tunisia on his way to South America. And the Tunisians today, they have signs up to say to him, لا أهلا بك ولا سهلا. You are not welcome. You are not to find anyone receptive here. And then we have the Prime Minister of the Zionist colony in Palestine preparing, this comes from their own Hebrew press, preparing for an official visit to Bahrain. All of these issues, do we find answers to them in the Quran or are we detached? Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna attiba'ah wa arina al-baatila baatilan warzuqna ijtinaabah 
ولا تجعله ملتبسا علينا وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم إليك نشكو ضعف قوتنا وقلة حيلتنا وهوانا على الناس يا أرحم الراحمين أنت ربنا وأنت رب المستضعفين فإلى من تكلنا إلى غريب يتجهمنا أم إلى عدو ملكته أمرنا إن لم يكن بك علينا غضب فلا نبالي ولكن عافيتك هي أوسع لنا نعوذ بنور وجهك الذي أشرقت له الظلمات وصلح عليه أمر الدنيا والآخرة من أن تنزل بنا غضبك أو تحل علينا صختك لك العتبى حتى ترضى ولا ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بك إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمركم أن تؤدوا الأمانات إلى أهلها وإذا حكمتم بين الناس أن تحكموا بالعدل إن الله نعم يعظكم به إن الله كان سميعا بصيرا ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة Allah, <laughs> 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 <